0: This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast
1: with Andrew McKay-Smith. G'day, everybody. Welcome to the show. Thanks so much for joining me. It's a pleasure to bring you a conversation with Demonaz from Immortal. Now, the catalyst for this chat is due to the launch of a new album from Immortal for 2023. It'll be released May 25th, and it is called War Against All. Throughout this conversation, of course, I talk... Well, we talk all about the album but I asked him some questions based on the history that sounds like is embedded through some of these tunes because yeah it turns out they're from way back in the day which is a great thing as you all hear so yes we focused on discussing this album because it's worth it didn't ask any questions about Abbott because d has covered that topic so succinctly in the other chat that is easily available find it here on YouTube or Spotify wherever my interviews are found now I've got a tune to share for all of the listeners on the podcast apps this one is called war guide for all of you good people on YouTube you know the drill I can't play music either way we'll get into the chat after the tune if you're listening via the podcast apps and for all of you all of you YouTubers let's cut to the conversation right now let's go
2: Greetings. How are you? I'm all right. I'm going to turn off the picture. Sorry, okay? No, that's fine. Okay. Yeah,
1: Yeah, no, whatever you're comfortable doing. No worries at all.
2: It's just because uh, it was misused before, you know, when people put it on the internet. And it's nothing about you or anybody else, but it's just the rules we play by because, you know, I don't want to be misused on the on the nut all the time. It's been a problem.
1: Has it been? Yeah. We had a chat. I, I guess you might recall, actually, because I know you don't do a heap of interviews, but we had a, a conversation a couple of years ago where I shared with you that I used to listen to Storming Through Red Clouds and Holocaust Winds as my music to get warmed up to go out into the city and try to pick up women. I don't know whether that rings a bell for that. you. Yeah. I
2: remember that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's,
2: funny, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, I still remember those days, mate. They, they make me chuckle, mate, believe me. But if it didn't, God damn it, it worked. You know, you do what works and that worked.
2: <laughs> of course, of course.
1: Yeah. How have you, just on that note, you've mentioned something there up top about uh, the words you use were, were misuse you know, your imagery or or what have you, or the video. Have you found the, the the conversations or the interviews, more to the point, a bit challenging this time around.
2: No, it's all, it's all right, but it's it's like uh, all the time, you know, uh, on the on the net, you know, people don't tell me. Uh, I guess this this goes for a lot of bands, you know. But but it's like mm. you talk to some guys and they they put everything out on the audio or whatever, you know. And they thought it was a print, <laughs> you know. Oh, it's, right. it's like it's, it's like. Uh, uh, well, if if you put a picture or a line or anything on the internet, uh, you don't owe it anymore. You know, it's like yeah. anybody can do whatever, whatever they want with it. You know, and put it in a, some kind of uh, yeah. You know, trouble for you or it's mm. it's a lot. And with immortal, there was a lot of a lot of misinformation. You know, it's like uh, all of those things with the members leaving, and there was always yeah. like uh, a lot of a lot of information that was not right, you know? And and of course, a lot of, it, a lot of it was right, but a lot of it was not right. So the fans got very confused, I think.
1: Yeah, you gave me, I'm not going to ask a question about Abbott, by the way, because you answered, I only had one question before, actually, I think about it, but you answered it so beautifully and so concisely that I think the episode that I released based on our chat last time has become the go-to for anybody who wants to find out about your thoughts and feelings about your relationship with Abbott, With I know is okay. And you express that really well then. So the fact that Blabbermouth keep on picking up on it, look, you know what Blabbermouth and these metal injection and these other sites are about. They're about making money from clickbait. So it's manner from heaven for them to manipulate a, a headline, if you like.
2: Uh, anyway, it's like, it's like, uh, uh, members come and go, you know in a, a long lasting band, and members will come and go and mm. and and uh, it's just the way it is so and it was also like uh, the last time he was on an album was in two thousand and eight or two thousand and nine, you know it's been yeah. a pretty pretty long time since we made anything together. so I think uh, also you know, people want the Bon Scott back in ACDC, but he's dead, right? So it's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I think it will always be like that with with bands when you when you sh- when you change members.
1: Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Yeah, on that point there. And uh, look, I, I mean, you know, I've been a long time fan of the band since the early nineties, which is about as long as you can be a fan of the group in Australia. Certainly, uh, I go hmm. back to Pure Holocaust. That was the album that I got out. I think it was even in market then. And of course, Blizzard Beast. some there were albums that I listened to. Hundreds of times a piece, uh, even your first album I got right into as well. But it's it's really good to have you back for a second time around because I feel like the band has been reborn with you out front. I think that's the right way to frame it. And this new album, okay. yeah, well, well, look, this new album, man, I think it's even better than Northern Chaos Gods in that you've mixed more of the dynamic which makes Immortal Immortal. And that's not saying Northern Chaos Gods wasn't a good album, great album, made my year-end list and my top ten, I think. But this one. I mentioned last time that Northern Chaos Gods sounded like a successor to Blizzard Beasts, which I believe you'd heard before. Now, here's my comparison with War Against All. Very strong album, which warrants a comparison against Battles in the North. And why do I say that? You've got a couple of songs on there that sound like sequels to some of the songs on Battles in the North, and I'm talking about Nordlander or Northlander, I think it might be in English, but Blasherik and My Throne too, which is my favourite song that you've probably ever written thus far. So do you agree with some of my comments there?
2: Yeah, two of those songs, uh, uh, actually, the Immortal <laughs> immortal song hmm. uh, was written uh, at the time of 95, 96, 94. Oh, I'm yeah. not sure. I found a lyric. When I moved to the mountain, uh, which, by the way, uh, five years ago, I, I moved to the Padangar. Hmm. It is uh, a place where there is uh, <clears throat> winter all year through. You can see the snow on the mountaintops the year through and uh, i live um, i it was a long time dream to have a house house by the mountains and um, i bought a house at the foot of the glaciers so it's like a uh, blushirk you know it's like yeah. uh, ever <laughs> it's, it's the perfect place to live and and um there's That's a cool. wilderness here you know and 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 uh, from my house uh, there is no houses nearby you know in a long area so for a lot for, uh, for some miles and and um, it's outstanding. So, so for me, it's like uh, when I came there, I found all the old material when I moved. Uh, a lot of uh, lyrics from the '90s, a lot of uh, notes, another, a lot of riff tapes. Hmm. And the Immortal song uh, was one of them. It could easily have been on the Battles in the North. Those that 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 track, and and of course some of the other material as well. You know, it's it's like. When I write riffs, <laughs> and lyrics, mm. it becomes one thing. It becomes immortal music, right? So, mm-hmm. so and I, I always try to go back. You no know, matter every time when when we are about also co-wrote songs, I was the one to go back and see. Let's let's not forget about what we started, you know. And, and yeah. he too, but but it's like for me that is the main thing. Number one priority is to keep the expression mm. uh, uh, because I. It's not that I don't want to explore new territories or anything, but normally I don't feel for that. You know, normally everything is based on the riffs, you know. It's like uh, guitar uh, is the uh, main instrument in Immortal and the guitar riffs, is wor- that is what everything is based on. Hmm.
1: Indeed, yeah. Well, another comparison I'll make is that uh, War God reminds me a lot of Tyrants. So is that inspired by that song in particular or something else?
2: No, it was really. There were several of those riffs, you know. Mm-hmm. And it, it was. It actually came from two, two places. When when me and Abbott wrote uh, "Songs of Northern Darkness," uh, there was like, uh, you know, Celtic Frost, Two Megatarian, always been like one of the most important albums uh, lyrically, especially for the lyrics, and and also that heaviness, you know, those slow songs, and and they were. Uh, developing into maybe some uh, faster tempo in the end, you know they build it slowly, mm. and, and and both Tyrants and and um, War God has the same kind of opening, but but it's like uh, War God is different in in the tempo, you know. Yeah. Uh, Tyrants is a more slow song all the way; it doesn't have that up tempo. While as War God is more like a Celtic Frost, you could say that Tyrants was more like. Maybe let Zeppelin. Kashmir or something, you know? Sure. In yeah. fact, those riffs also. Uh, when we wrote the songs on souls of Not in Darkness, I remember Kashmir was one of those songs we were listening to at the time. Nice. And uh, and and uh when I wrote War God, uh the lyric, <coughs> the lyric was actually from that time. Mm. Oh wow. The okay. lyric for War God was actually from uh, I can't put a, uh, a tag on it the year, but but it was an early lyric, you know, yeah.
1: That's fantastic. I think fans, look, I'm an old fan, as I've mentioned, and I really appreciate that you're mining content that didn't make previous albums for whatever reason and you're able to put a modern spin on it. And I think that keeps everything, so two things, it, it keeps everything traditional and in the vein of what you've always been doing, but it keeps things modern as well.
2: But I I always, uh, I never make so much plans, you know? Uh, Music for me comes from the stomach, you know? It comes from the heart, you know? It's like, when you sit down making riffs or playing and you enjoy it, and there comes a riff here and there, uh, and and suddenly you have like, uh, my plan is never to write a song. My plan is always to have an album, you know? It's like, from the first riff to the last riff, it's an album. So mm-hmm. when you sit down and, and, and do those riffs and everything, it's like uh, when you have a song, you, you will put a lyric on it. Or, or, or and sometimes I write uh, lyrics when I'm inspired. You know, I sit down and I write on maybe four or five songs. Uh, but but I always try to uh, look for old stuff. You know, I always try to look for all riff tapes or all lyrics or to, to make them inspire me. Or because when I write a whole album, it's only like. 10% that comes on the album you know it's a, it's like 90% of what you're writing is mm-hmm. on some notes everywhere in your house <laughs> so it's <laughs> like yeah. have, have you ever so thought of it's good, of the, good your... to bring up a lot of the, the old stuff then of course because whatever old thing that inspires me is the best you know I, I really have a hard time with, with being inspired in these times by new music or new uh books or new movies Mm. you know it's like it's always you always go back in a way but it's uh, yeah that's that's how it is Mm.
1: yep fantastic stuff yeah it's the first thing I noticed is how um how traditional the album sounded but you got this modern production and it's just great having you at the head of the band and actually playing on all of the tracks too because that authenticity just comes all the way through it so Here's a question for you. Did Did you end up recording all of the guitars and and basses again? And who did you draft in for the percussion?
2: Uh, Ice Dale from uh, Enslaved. He's the producer. Hmm. He He also played some. Uh, he played bass on the album. Uh-huh.
1: Okay. Uh huh. Okay.
2: And And uh, he brought in this. Uh, he came with a with a, a suggestion, um, which was Kevin Crawler, a drummer from uh he lives two hours from me or something and and uh, and i thought he was the right person to do it you know he, he we did some demos me and uh Ice Dale did some demos of the songs with guitar and bass and then we sent them to kevin and he practiced on that and came back with the drums on the demos and i was convinced you know i i was sure we he would have to do it and we met up in bergen rehearsed for the album and then we we just uh recorded everything so it was like I had everything uh, planned. Uh, almost every hit, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but it's like can uh, on the drums. But 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 uh, I let him play. You know, like when he knew the songs, I just let him play and do whatever he he wanted to do. And we have had go back and forth sometimes, and then then it was alright. He he understood it. You know, he was like a long time immortal fan too. So he understood the playing, and he was very inspired by immortal for the drumming and from before. Mm. So yeah. It was, yeah, it came out just the way I wanted it.
1: I think I can hear that. Yeah, it sounds like a very complete album for you. And that's what I mean that, I don't mean that it's an improvement on Northern Chaos Gods. I don't mean it that way, but I think it sounds more demon-as. It sounds like more of your vision for the the band. Would you agree?
2: I think both those albums are, are, uh, to me, they are, of course, different. But for me, it's like, all of my songs are like babies, so mm. <laughs> I, 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 I really like North of Chaos Gods. I think that was a necessary album. I, I think it was the perfect album for that time, for what happened with the band, uh, mm. to reestablish, go back, uh, and, and 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 keep the fans uh, loyal in a way, if you know what I mean. Like I, I've always been doing this for for myself, of course, but but I also think a lot about Immortal loyal fans what they are and and how i always listen to them you know when when, when somebody right. from fan or somebody that, I, that a long time fan would say something to me i will always listen you know it's like uh no matter if, I, if it would change anything but it's like uh i like to listen to that you know it's, it's like uh because it gives me inspiration and motivation to yeah to work with it
1: yeah, that's that's great. So you're not going to go in the direction. I mean, this is a is a serious point, but uh, Olver and those bands who started becoming electronic or anathema, who became a prog band and the like, it's just not something that's in your wheelhouse, I take it.
2: I, th- I think that uh, without without saying a wrong thing, it's like after, after of All Shall Fall, you know, it's very easy to be on the other side and say, oh, you should bring this member back and, and this thing mm. back. You know, we tried it all before, you know. We, we, I tried everything. Uh, uh, with that it, did, it didn't work out you know so um that is one of the issues the other one is like uh the fans want fast songs you know uh, they want intense music they want uncomprom- uncompromising music and i want that too so for me it's like a no-brainer i don't want progressive music you know i don't want immortal to end up like uh uh some uh yeah you know trying uh, trying to sound like something else or trying to move yeah. in a new direction, you know? Uh, it, if they want that, they go to another band. Listen to something else. Because Immortal is all about keeping the true expression of what was started once. And and um, uh, I believe that uh, re-establishing Immortal with the North Coast Gods and War Against All, I think we're back on the right track now. It's like the band is instantly recognized when you listen to it, I think. All the response I got was like, "Yeah, two seconds and it's immediately immortal," and and I think that is like the best I can hear. Yeah. So uh, the spirit was not there, you know. After also fall, the true immortal spirit it was gone, you know. And mm-hmm. it was all about compromising. The band got popular. Uh, everybody wants a piece of you, and, and suddenly uh, the other members maybe want to do something else than you. And I didn't want to. I didn't want to destroy the band, you know. I was always like, no, we have to go back to what's the original expression in a way. And it's like, that is why there is not like 20 riffs on every song. You know, it's more like uh, insisting music. It's more like, maybe more Hmm. like punk. You know, it's insisting, uh, uh, trying to keep the listener in the right mood for the song instead of uh, experimenting too much, you know. So that is the old way of writing songs. And that is... How I want to do it.
1: Yeah, it was. You're so right on a couple of points there. As an old fan, it was seeing you guys get popular and seeing little girls wear Immortal T-shirts and the like. It just felt exactly. wrong, didn't it? It just was weird seeing it. It's like, how do you understand the lyrical themes and how powerful and how potent this music is? Like, it's like it's not Marilyn Manson for God's sakes.
2: Yeah, and I, 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 I wouldn't be. Uh... I wouldn't be like like disappointed if a lot of people liked the band, but uh, but it should be on the right terms in a way. It's like yeah, the music first, the music first and then everything else after. So uh, I I felt it was like I didn't feel feel it was a good thing, you know, uh, that Immortal would be popular, big big band that everybody would like, uh, just because we changed or mm. moved in another direction. You know, I want to keep in control with what we are. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, you know, on, on the musical side so a re-establishment for me was like this now and uh the next album even darker
1: oh fantastic yeah great yeah yeah you, you had your moment and well I know it was there were other things going on you discussed that during our last chat with damned in black but you're right it, the spirit didn't feel like it was there but it certainly is now 23 24 years later can you believe it 24 years later after damned in black was released that's we' at all well, 23 year 2099 but Here's the other point I want to make, and I know you know this, because it comes up in a lot of conversations online about the band, but people would love to see you play live again.
2: Yeah, of course. They they always ask for that. And and uh, since there was some, it was like, it wasn't five years since, uh, it didn't t- take five years to write this album. Hmm. Uh, the re- I'll just explain to you. It took uh, maybe, maybe one and a half year, you know? The reason was the oh. pandemic. I was in oh. and out of the studio. There was trouble. I had to wait a lot of time. Uh, also, there was was um, the master was finished in twenty one.
0: Oh wow. uh, November
2: eighteenth okay. of November twenty one was the master from the studio finished. Shoot. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And the reason why it wasn't uh, there was some disagreements, of course, uh, and there was also. Uh, the problem with with uh, with the pandemic and also uh, with the vinyls, you know, when and everybody did an album, you know, every 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 goddamn band went to studio to record an album under uh, the, the pandemic, and suddenly there was a long queue to get the release, you know, and uh, there were some vinyl fabrics that was uh, stopped producing, so I was offered to to release the album last year in twenty two, uh, but then without vinyls. And then I said, no, okay, let's wait. So I- even if it takes a year or two, I will wait because I don't want to release an Immortal album without vinyls, you know. So so, but, so yeah. uh, that is the main reason why I had to wait for a, an extra year.
1: Okay, gotcha. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, And, 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 for, again, the, you and
2: cure- for the live uh, situation, like you asked me, we, we haven't come that far yet because the other guys have been busy with their bands, with, with things that were scheduled. But we're going to have a meeting in May, in the the end of May in Bergen. We're going to have a meeting with the management, so 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 we will discuss uh, the future uh, then. But it's like, and it's too late to book any shows this year. So yeah, Mm, yeah.
1: yeah. How do you feel about the prospect of playing live? Because it, it must be quite quite a few years for you
2: now. I don't think that would be a problem. I just think we have to do a proper job with rehearsing up front, you know, and, and maybe do a show in Norway somewhere just to premiere. Yeah.
1: Mm, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Again, we, we spoke about this uh, last time and you, you you gave me a snapshot of uh, how you're feeling about your uh, tendinitis or the effects of the tendinitis you had decades ago. But I understand from that conversation that you're completely healed now so there's no real obstacle to you getting out there and playing again. Is that correct? Is that still the case?
2: I, I think the guitar, my guitar work on Nothing Else, God, some organ stuff should be enough. <laughs> <not played somewhere. laughs> <laughs> very true, yeah, very true,
1: mate.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Did you? Did you? I mean, I've obviously I've listened to the album, as you can tell. But um, in terms of your technique, you you one you certainly had the fastest technique very early on. There were no bands that sounded like Immortal with the speed that you came up with that you conjured back then. But um, do you get asked by uh, more established musicians about your technique, so they can learn from you and they can sort of establish or integrate that speed that you, you is your trademark?
2: You know, I I, uh, I went to this guitar uh, teacher in in uh, I don't remember when it was. It was like in ninety. Uh, five maybe 94, 95 mm. and he was a he was a Norwegian, very talented uh, guitarist. Which w- he was working with uh, names such as Joe Satriani and those mm. guys in the in California, you know. Uh, and he was li- a really really talented guitarist, and he was also a, a teacher, uh, at some academy in, in the United States. And I knew him a little uh, because he was a, one of my neighbors. So so I asked him if he could learn me some sweeping techniques. Uh, and and he did. He he learned me some techniques for the soloing and, and, and but when uh when I showed him Immortal Riffs, he didn't he, he couldn't do it at all, you know. He could do everything, but he couldn't do that same picking or the same technique yeah. that, that I had uh developed from from uh the band. And he was like, You, you gotta teach me that, you know? <laughs> and I was like, Hey, yeah, uh, I came here. <laughs> I'm actually paying you to teach me to play so <laughs> just 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 uh, yeah, yeah just bonding a bit you know and, and 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 it was like there was only a few times I was there but but anyway, he told me uh, that that technique is fucking crazy and I really admire you he he told me that and I was like, all right, thank you very much but it's like I, I think it was developed because my interested my interest in in guitar work from Tony Aomi and and James Hatfield. Uh, they are very like Tony Iommi play very slow right mm-hmm. but he had an, an atmosphere and uh, some kind of signature on his playing that uh, James Hatfield picked up you know uh, and as a rhythm guitarist on the first uh, on Kill 'Em All you know there yeah. was this like uh, picking technique which was very special and and, and I saw that live with them uh he James had a sudden had a way of picking and I, I thought i'm going it's easy to do it it's not not a problem and i mm. and, and for maybe a year or two i was like uh working very hard with this technique and i i also think that i i could play very fast from before with the picking and like Albert said i've never seen anybody pick as fast as you do so maybe that's a talent i don't know it's like uh it became very natural for me to do it just riff very fast you know
1: Oh, yeah, it's the trademark, it's the sound, it's it's the ethos, if you like, the philosophy, the technical yeah, philosophy it, behind like, your sound.
2: Yeah, but it's like, uh, and a lot of people ask me why, how, how, uh, what is the immortal sound? You know, the immortal sound is not a special sound, it's the way you play, you know, the mm-hmm. way me and Abbot play it in a way. It's like, he also, uh, I also learned him a lot of playing on guitar, and he learned me things, you know, we, like, Both ways, you know, when we were working with Immortal uh, on the early days, we always, we would have one guitar or two and we would sit and just write songs, you know. So it's like, and show each other techniques or, yeah.
1: Yeah, fair enough, yeah. Unfortunately, I've got more questions to ask, believe me, but I know you've got to get to the next one uh, in a minute's time. But uh, look, it's been great the second time around chatting to you, mate. I, I look forward to these conversations, believe me. So I look forward to the next one. Uh, but thank you very much for your time on this one here. Great album. I'm a fan. Love to see you down here in Australia too sometime soon.
2: Yeah, it's it's always interesting uh, when you get uh, good questions from, from people who know the band, right? So it's much mm. easier to talk, you know? it's like uh if you if you get like uh, those those newspapers you don't know you shit about code. your albums they have yeah. some uh, yeah sometimes we just Told them, told them to fuck off, you know. <laughs> yeah,
1: those questions like, "Hey, Demon as what is black metal?" You know those stupid, idiot, fucking questions that go out there, and you know it's ridiculous. But no, no, you you are a legend of our of our favorite. You're a legend of the extreme metal genre. You're one of the originators, and you're one of those people that people look up to. So I hope you get that and feedback in in more more interviews this time around, mate.
2: Yeah, of course it's it's like it's like. Uh it's been really, really motivating to do the interviews because there was so much good feedback and people seem to be, like, very uh, interested in the band and interested in the music and, and, and uh, yeah, mm. it's been yeah. really, really lucky.
1: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thanks very much for your time again, mate. Always a pleasure. All right. Thank you very thanks. much. Bye-bye. Well, there you have it, a chat with Demonaz. Always a pleasure to talk to him. I'd love to have a beer with him at some point, as a matter of fact, because I think once you get behind that very stoic veneer that he has, I'm sure he's got a hell of a story to tell. I uh, should have asked him, actually. We just ran out of time when the book was coming out because I love asking that question to you. All you long-time listeners will know I like asking that because I write books and... Hey... If I can help in any way, Demon abs if you ever listen to this, hit me up because, yeah, you have a story worth telling. Now then, if you enjoyed that chat, there are many more just like it over at scarsandguitars.com. And if you like listening, maybe you like reading because I've written a book, click the link in the banner on the website and you'll be taken to a marketplace of your choice. And if you download a sample and then complete the purchase, do hit me up because I want to thank you personally. I've got some more information about the book coming up, but before we get to that, I need to bid you a fond farewell. My name is Andrew McKay-Smith, and I'm the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast series. Until next time, it is a very goodbye. For now.
0: This is Eric Rutan of Cannibal Corpse. You are listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast with Andrew McKay-Smith.
1: I've been the host of the Scars and Guitars podcast since 2017. The first musician I interviewed for the show was David Vincent from Morbid Angel and things have just snowballed from there. In all, I've posted almost 650 podcast episodes featuring conversations with many of the leading lights of rock, heavy metal and beyond. It just got to a point where I thought, I need to write a book about all this, so that's exactly what I did. In Scars and Guitars Volume 1, you'll read a heap of deep reveals and commentary, such as Des Fafara talking about Coal Chamber and why the band will never return.
0: You know, if you're a, a band just starting out, you need to hear me.
1: Do not start a band with partners. Ever. Yeah, wise words uh, Sage advice, mate, for anybody. Don't ever, because I,
0: I can't go do Cold Chamber right now unless I get others involved.
1: Phil Anselmo talks about the episode in his career, which gives him the greatest sense of accomplishment.
2: I think the staying power of the, the fans and the staying power of the... I, of the songs, you know, whether it's Pantera, Down, or Superjoint, the fans remember the songs.
1: Alex Skolnick from Testament confirms that, yes, playing the guitar in Ozzy's band is anything but an ordinary gig. Will Silenos from Demu Gear write a book? Pa from Sabaton gives advice to people who want to start a band. Look at the team around you, look at the bandmates. If, uh, if the guys want to be on the stage, and it's all cool if the guests want to be backstage then it's not going to be cool current and former members of Cradle of Filth discuss the band's seminal 90s material read about the reaction to George Lynch and Mark from Suicide Silence's comments when they throw shade at then president
2: Donald Trump we have this idiotic monster you know this egotistical self-aggrandizing complete piece of shit in there. I, I I just I just can't understand how we've gotten to this place.
1: And yeah, we kicked a hornet's nest with Sepultura. The cussive overlord Gene Hoagland talks about recording with Chuck Schuldiner.
0: Chuck was always um, you know, he was he was very you know, very open-minded and and he was into having his his musicians that were playing with him just reach out for for the best stuff that they had.
1: Phil Campbell from Motorhead discusses what it takes to get sober. John Five answers his critics who dismiss his tenure with Marilyn Manson. You know, my name is John Five and Manson gave me that name and I had some of the best years of my life in that band and, and learned a lot. And we get the lowdown on Trey Zagtoth from those who would know, including his mother. All across Scars and Guitars Volume 1, there are moments of tension, relief, tragedy, exhilaration and throughout it all, you'll obtain insight that I believe no one else has managed to obtain from many of your favourite artists. So treat yourself. Scars and Guitars Volume 1 is currently available as an ebook, with a print edition on the horizon. Follow the links attached and download a sample. I'm sure you'll be compelled to read the whole book.